Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stantiel. Chris, what a day. Senior night, man. The start of the season felt just like yesterday, and there's always something so special about that last home game at the Pavilion. Yeah, you know, there's still one Wells Fargo Center game, but it's not the same. It's not close to being the same. It's not close to having that intimate feel, being at the Pavilion right on your own campus. And it was cool to see Tim Saunders get a nod. Kyle Lowry had a little salute. We got to retire his jersey. And it was also cool to see the managers and their families also get some credit because as I was sitting there and I was reading and I was watching, I sat there thinking, man, we've been all about the bench mob. We've been all about the underdogs. We've been all about the great seniors, the role models, the captains, the leaders, this and that. But we do not give student managers enough credit on the show. And they do so much behind the scenes. So it's cool to see them get credit on senior night too, that they get to be a part of it also. Yeah, for sure. The senior night really is special. And you kind of say that, but you don't, at least personally, I didn't feel that effect until our senior night, our senior year, when we were there for that game. And I was like, oh, wow, this actually is a really cool moment, a really special moment. And not just for the players, but like you said, for the managers as well. Just top to bottom, pretty crazy uh, what they do. I mean, when we had the that Butler manager on last year for our Big East preview show, like, uh, and he was telling us what he had to do. I just, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> this is you don't get paid for this. <laughs> they just do it for the love of the game. But, you know, players, managers, they all deserve a night like this. And uh, glad that it was uh, coupled with a Kyle Lowry jersey retirement and coupled with a uh, Villanova basketball win. Yeah, yeah. It's always nice to get a win, especially Kyle Lowry. It was his day, retiring his jersey. They gave him a nice little plaque. I love that thing. That thing looked cool. Looked pretty sweet. Yeah. But when you're having him in the house, when you're having all these parents and these families in the house, you can't lose. You can't lose. You just can't. Especially on Kyle Lowry's day, he's not coming back to see his old team get upset. It's just like when Ryan Archidiakno was here for the Marquette game. Oh, you know, it was all fun and games. It's like, oh, they're killing Marquette, this and that. And then all of a sudden, when it got a little close, got a little hectic, I'm sure Ryan Archidiakno was just like, oh, no, no, no. Not on, not on my day. Not on my day. No way. No way. But they held on for a one-point win. So that was cool. Yeah, no way that could happen on either of those point guards nights. Yeah, St. John's, they made it a little close at times, but Villanova won wire-to-wire, start to end. They never trailed a single second. They were in front for technically 39 minutes and 14 seconds of the full 40, which is excellent. They held on and won 71-60. to 60. It was the Sadiq Bay and Justin Moore show. All I got to say is, Sadiq Bay, again, take no prisoners. Yeah. Take no print. Oh, my God. Scorched <laughs> earth, no mercy, tweet the leg. This guy's doing it all. This guy's doing it all. Another amazing performance with a game-high 23 points. He made four of eight threes from downtown, and he was helping Nova really take off from deep. And Justin Moore, too. Justin Moore, we've talked about sometimes he could be a little spotty with his efficiency. Oh, no. No, no, no. Not last night. He had 21 points, eight of 11 on the floor, five of seven from deep. Six boards. I felt like that guy couldn't miss. Wasn't too much going on numbers-wise, scoring-wise on the Villanova sideline. But I will say, Jermaine Samuels having a big boy day on the boards, grabbing 10 rebounds. Jeremiah Robinson-Earl got fouled a little bit. Wasn't really a prominent part of the offense, which I can't, you know, when when two of your guys have the hot hand and you have Justin Moore and Sadiq Bey taking off from deep, oh, you feed them the ball. You could have it. But Jerry, he himself finished with seven points and eight boards. Pretty solid. And then on the St. John's side, you know, I was watching it, Chris, and the numbers don't lie and this and that, but mm. they're just not that smooth, man. They need Mustafa no. Aron. 
They need him. They need him. They need Heron. They need Figueroa to be on. But when those guys aren't on, oh, my gosh, they're struggling. They're struggling. That was pretty apparent throughout, like you said, with Heron missing and Figueroa being another non-factor again. I mean, remember last time against Villanova, he was basically invisible. And now this time out, he goes 2 of 10, 0 of 5 from deep. Yeah, they just weren't able to get anything going. At least outside-wise, they went 2 of 12 from beyond the arc. But Arlington was able to get a little bit of stuff done inside. Uh, Bill and Gus really seemed to like him. Rasheem Dunn, big boy performance against Villanova last time out. Got dropped 12 points, which was uh, tied for the leading score with Erlington. Other than Williams, like he, he hit the two, the lone two threes, two or three from beyond the arc. And that was pretty much it. I never, you know, St. John's didn't make this game close at some points, but I never felt all that concerned. Especially the last time Villanova played St. John's with Mustafa Heron not really doing much and LJ Figueroa not doing much. They at least had Rasheem Dunn carry them and he went off last time. This time around, with Figueroa not going, Aaron just had surgery, successful surgery. Looks like he's pretty much done for the rest of the season. And then you have Dunn not carry the team as much as he did. You already knew it was going to be a hard time. This team is not built for playing from behind. They are a defensive first team. Unfortunately, they were able to stop, uh, what would you say, like six out of the eight guys in the rotation? Yeah. (laughs) Stopped everybody else. They just couldn't stop the guys who were on. They were on. You look at St. John's and it's like on paper, it's like, wow, they had four different guys in double digits. That's that's great balance. But unfortunately, right. the percentages weren't that good. Like, yeah, you, you had Erlington and Dunn, they had 12 apiece. And then Greg Williams Jr. and Julian Champagne, they had 10 points apiece. But as a team, they shot 34.8%, which is not great. And, and ugly, 2 of 12 from deep. Never good also. No, it really never had any flow to it. And it's funny, they only turned the ball over four times and uh, compared to Villanova's 11. So you would have thought that, you know, just looking off those numbers, you would think that maybe St. John's was a little more, because they were a little more careful with the ball, they'd be able to get a little bit more opportunity. And even though they took 15 more shots than Villanova, they still could not hit. And that's the game of the percentages right there. To your Bay and Moore point, very impressed with Justin Moore last night, going 5-7 of seven from deep. It felt like he could not miss. Uh, that was probably the first game in probably all year. I just felt like completely confident in Justin Moore with shooting threes. I know we've kind of I've been a big fan of his all year, but we've parked on the fact that he just hasn't been all that efficient. Oh yeah, well not not so much all that efficient, but more so streaky. Like he has yeah. had the big games before. Like if you remember the LaSalle game, he was amazing in yeah. that. But yeah. then he would follow it up with like a one of six performance or something like that. Right, exactly. So to just kind of see him have a game like this is is pretty cool. And then Sadiq Bay. What else can be said at this point? He went four of eight from deep, but I swear to God, I felt like a lot more than that. It felt like he was perfect on the night. I can't. I can't <laughs> I, yeah, one. I know, right? Yeah, I was. I was a little surprised myself. I'm looking at the box score after the game, looking it up, and I'm just like, like hmm. seven of fourteen. It's like what? Are you <laughs> sure it wasn't seven of eight? Seven yeah. of nine? <laughs> <laughs> but he, him one on one, they had a, a few chances of, of ISO, and. That was just a thing of beauty. He cooked everybody. He was just able to get the rim with such ease. It was just a beautiful sight. I know you mentioned Jermaine with a good uh, performance on the boards with 10. He somehow took eight shots and kind of the opposite of Bay. I didn't think he shot it all that much. I, I can't name you one, the one, one time Jermaine Samuels popped a shot from this past game. It didn't feel like he was involved at all. But that's not a bad thing. You know, he had a nice move to the basket. I think it was in the second half. He was able to get around someone. But other than that, I don't really remember him doing much on offense. JRE was literally a non-factor on offense, 0 of 1 from the field. He took 1-3, and that was it. But he was able to get to the line a couple times, and after missing his first free throw, was able to hit seven in a row. 
which is nice because remember the last time he had a few a string of free throw attempts, he missed quite a bit, and that was against Marquette. And then I think we got to talk about it. I don't know if it's becoming a trend. Colin Gillespie, two of twelve from the field, zero of seven from deep. Yo, my man's just a little cold. Just a little cold. Look, I understand that, and we were uh, singing his praises for quite a while. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We were we were ready to gas him up. We were ready to like say, yeah, the new Villanova point guard, Mount Rushmore, Colin Gillespie, Scotty Reynolds, <laughs> Jalen Brunson, Kyle Lowry. Oh, I, I was gonna say Javon Quinn. Hey, hey, hey. oh, 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 oh no, yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> what about Arch? What about Arch? He's honorable mention. He's like, uh, I don't know. He could be like Herbert Hoover. <laughs> I don't even know why he came into my mind. I was just trying to think of like a random president, and I don't know why Herbert Hoover came into my mind. Grover Cleveland? No, uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Well, okay. Oh, James well, Madison? Well, yeah, yeah, James Madison. <laughs> If you, if anyone has a presidential equivalent for Ryan Archdiakono, please let us know. Tweet at us, SNON Pod. On that, if anyone ever asks us, you know, we'll do the whole like, oh, compare them to superheroes or compare them to this. Don't don't ask don't ask the presidential comparisons. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna need we're gonna need to do extra research. I like history, but you couldn't ask me who was where, which president was where. So. George Washington was the first president. That I know. <laughs> but uh, if you ask me anything else, I don't even think I can name them all without looking it up. So we'll, we'll do other comparisons. You know, I'll even do like, oh, uh, what what fruit would this Villanova basketball player like to eat? Oh, I'll, I'll do that. I'll talk of that. Just don't ask for the presidential comparisons. Chris, Chris got me here with a follow-up question here. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> fun fact, I can actually name all the presidents in order. So if anyone does want to do that, I'm all for it. Just give you a different question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. You should do more quiz though. You should do more trivia nights. I should. That would require me to leave my house. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So back to the point at hand. A uh, little sidetracked there. <laughs> Colin, two bad games in a row. Really bad games in a row against Xavier. It didn't feel as bad, mainly because I thought he kind of did other things well. I thought he was distributing the ball well, and I thought he held onto the ball pretty well. This game, I know he only had two turnovers. It felt like a lot more than that. I felt like he was a little careless with the ball at times. I felt like he wasn't exactly the most crisp with his passing. He had four assists. I just felt like his other the other departments of his game weren't up to par on top of the shooting. It's one thing if he has a bad shooting night and does other things well. I think just those other things just weren't there for him tonight. And, you know, look, everyone has their bad games. That's fine. It's just that at this point last year, he was kind of doing the same thing. He had a really hot streak and then went completely cold toward the end of the year. So I'm just concerned now that maybe his legs are getting tired or whatever, and next thing, and now he's just going to crap. But I doubt it. I hope not. I hope not. I hope he's going to be okay. I think he will be okay. I think it's just a matter of it being a bad stretch. I mean, everyone's due for one, and for him, he didn't really get too many of that, I feel like. I would have to look into the box score more closely or his game log more closely, but I don't think there's there's been a stretch that he's been struggling like this. Not so much struggling, but quiet on the scoring end this season, like these last couple of games. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be fine. I do appreciate your point, though, because I do remember that last year where I remember after that Georgetown game last season when he dropped 30 points and lit it up from long range and basically helped Nova to victory. He was a big part of that victory at the Wells Fargo Center. Well, that was great. He did go cold. He did not really hit the same effectiveness that he had had earlier or it felt like all that skill was being transferred to Jermaine Samuels who all of a sudden started hitting his stride I think he'll be fine I'm not too concerned it's only two games so we'll see against Providence 
but not worried yet. He's done a lot. He's done a lot for the team. You know, my, my man's got to rest a little bit sometimes. Oh, look, look, I'm all for it. I, look, I understand. Uh, it, him taking a step back means Justin Moore's going to step up and drop 21. I'm all for it. And I'm not bashing whatsoever. I understand. Like, everyone's due for a bad stretch. Just saying that it, it's just a little concerning that it's kind of the same trend from last year. But. He was a little limpy, so maybe maybe he's yeah, just dealing with something. Yeah. yeah I, did, I did see him limping, and I was like, okay, not not now. Can you not <laughs> have the injury now, please? We thought we were good. <laughs> Body language, body language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was looking for him on the bench when he limped back, and I was like, oh, there he is. I'm sure he's fine, but it's always concerning. But overall, a good win for the cat. Like we said, it was it was good to see the seniors get their shout-out, get their love. I was really happy for Kyle Lowry. He's probably our best Villanova professional athlete right now that's active. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, in any sport. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's got to be the best one. He's definitely up there if, we, if we're missing any. But no, yeah. I, I think he is. Yeah, in terms of active right now, I mean, multiple NBA All-Star, obviously won the championship last year, great ambassador for the Cats, and of course, you always got to give a nod and give a shout-out to your most successful product. And it's not only that, you know, it's not like Kyle Lowry is like, oh, screw Villanova, blah, 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 or they didn't help me become where I am now. No, he's like all about it. The guy's always coming back, always hitting up the team, always watching the team. And do you remember when the Toronto Raptor fans were so upset that he went to go see the national championship in 2018? Do you remember yeah. that? It was like yeah, a, it was like a narrative. It was like, oh, this guy's not loyal to Toronto, blah, blah, blah. I can't believe he skipped practice or, like, went on his day off all the way to San Antonio. Yeah, it's because the Leafs, the Maple Leafs were awful at the time and they weren't losing to Zamboni driver goalies. So they had nothing to write about. So they had to get pissed off about something. Yes, yes, exactly. And that was when they kept losing to LeBronto, or when Toronto became LeBronto. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was right in the thick of it, or at least right at the beginning of that whole thing. And uh, never understood the hate. I really don't. It, no, it's, it's, and, it's, and I've noticed that too, yeah. like just from like NBA-wide, like I've, you know, he's a multiple-time All-Star, and obviously he's, you know, it was a little shaky star in the beginning after he got drafted, first-round draft pick. But once he got to Toronto, it's like, okay, this guy's legit. This guy's great. And he was playing great. And then even in the finals, I thought he did well. And then every time, every game, all I see is, oh, Kyle Lowry, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand what the hate is. The guy's pretty solid. He's pretty good. It was fine playing second fiddle to Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard's a freaking superstar. And, and Kyle Lowry's a damn good player. Those two combined, plus Siakam and all them, able to combine for a championship. And then Kawhi leaves. And look, look where the Raptors are. The same exact place they were in last year, second place in the conference. Like it, it's there's a reason for that, and and Kyle Lowry's at the forefront of it. Exactly, exactly, and he stuck with it in Toronto. Post Bosch was not was not a fun time in Toronto. I mean, not no. not that much was going on with Bosch, but there were some dark years with the Raptors. Yeah, he's like him and DeRozan were the faces of that turnaround after uh, everyone kind of had that mass exodus there. And obviously they had to trade the Rosen for Kawhi, but still, like, I don't understand the the hate whatsoever. You know, at least Toronto fans, I mean, for the most part, outside of 2018 San Antonio, and Villanova fans, you know, we'll fight. We'll fight all the anti-Kyle Lowry people, especially online. We're going to turn the narrative one day at a time. But it was great to see him get some love because he is definitely one of the GOAT point guards that this program has seen, and especially in the Jay Wright era. Can't deny that. 
That you can't deny. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your NBA fandom is. You cannot deny what he means to the program and what he means to Villanova. That guy is a Class A ambassador for the program, for the team, for the university. He was wearing the, he was wearing the freaking championship hat in like one of his like interviews and like during the playoffs in like 2016. The dude loves the school. Yeah, and then and then he was like, "Hold on, hold on, we're gonna pause the interview. I'm watching this game." <laughs> Love yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Oh Love yeah, yeah. It. And he only stayed two years, which is like amazing. Like he loves the school and treats it like he was like a five year senior. Yeah. Well, there was you know the relationship in the beginning though. <laughs> there oh, were no. there were some there was yeah, but I think all that too, and from what it sounds like from Jay and from Kyle Lowry himself, but even just from anyone from the outside looking at it, it was just a matter of maturing, and then. You know, as Kyle Lowry got older, I think he had a, a very deep appreciation for it. I think mm-hmm. at the time, you know, it's just like a, a bratty teenager, or like a bratty kid at the time. It's like, oh, why, why is he always riding me? Blah, blah, blah. But then you look back at it and it's like, you know what? That was good. That was good for me. That was good for me. And I think that's exactly what's happened with Kyle Lowry. And he took some time to mature in the NBA, uh, stopped in a couple places. I think he was drafted by the Grizzlies, or yeah. at least started with the Grizzlies. Yeah, Grizzlies, and then the Rockets, yeah. and then and Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. So maybe it just takes him a little bit to fully acclimate himself, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. If you end up in his position after taking a couple of years, I'm, I, I'll sign up for it. Yeah, and I, I know that some people originally had an issue with him getting his jersey retired because he only played two years. And, the, yeah, the two years, like, sure, on paper, it's like, oh, his numbers weren't the greatest. But if you look at what he meant, he was pretty much the first one, as we've mentioned before, to mm. take Villanova to the, that deep run to put Villanova back on the map or make it relevant again. But with that and also his success at the professional level, he's also got a gold medal. I mean, come on. Come on. You can't – how can you not retire his jersey? How can you not celebrate what he's done? And he's got the locker room to himself. Lowry locker room. He does. <laughs> Saw that on the broadcast. I was like, yeah. oh, that's um, that looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish cool. we had that. <laughs> Good one for the Cats. Shout-outs to Tim Saunders and the managers and the seniors. Shout-outs to Kyle Lowry. Shout-outs to everybody. I mean, senior night is just such a special night, and it's just one of the better nights, I feel like. It's a bittersweet night. It really is. Close to March, you get excited. But then when senior night happens, it's like, oh, wow, the beginning of the season felt like yesterday. Or if there were more seniors in the – but if there were, like, more seniors and it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe they grew up just like that. Four years went by in a flash. Then you really start to have an existential crisis. I'm sure some of the seniors are having that right now. Because I remember a 2016 oh, Butler did. game. We did. Yeah, it was one of those where I was like, oh, sick, great win, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, wow, that, that's it. That's really it. Mm-hmm. $200 tickets on StubHub. That's my future. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all worth it. Yeah, it really is. The beginning of the season, every year, we tell the seniors who are listening to this pod, you got to go to every game. You just, like, even if you you can't miss one, you just can't because it's just such a special experience. And sure, you know, you'll always be a fan of it, but there's something really special about it when you're at school. And I don't just mean free tickets. Right. It's the whole experience. And, yeah, and it's and definitely, the- yeah, like, you know, when you look back at your college days, you think of all these games, that game, what you did after, <laughs> who you right. were with, like, you think about those things. 
Right. You might even remember the assignments you tried to push through before and after the game to make sure you can attend. Everything's memorable. So Yes. Or you also remember the time when one of your friends went to go leave at halftime to go do a, a paper and then you trolled them. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. That happened. Uh, That's happened too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because, don't you know, be that guy, by the way. If you're listening to this, don't be that guy that leaves early to write a paper. Because, one, you're, you're missing out on the opportunity. And, two, who knows? The game's not over. Yeah. Leave early, and the next thing you know, the game comes close, and it's like, oh, wait, 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 to, wait to leave. Yeah, or you missed the Halil Kenesevich gate. Oh. Can't miss that. No, we can't. I lost the lottery on that. I was not happy. That was my first Oh, game. you weren't there? <laughs> oh, my God. I was not there. I was not there, no. Wait, how'd you lose the lottery? Nobody was going to the games back then. Maybe I didn't apply. I didn't get a ticket. I don't know what I did. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) I forgot. I forget what what was going on. I don't remember. That was by far outside of the Syracuse-Louisville games of 2013. That was my favorite game of that season. Outside of those two, obviously, at the Wells Fargo Center. But even even I think of all the games I've attended at the Pavilion, that's got to be, like, top two. In my book, at least. I'm yeah, sorry, Chris. I'm probably adding to the FOMO right now. It's okay, Eugene. I, I, I got it extremely that day of. <laughs> when I heard what happened, I'm like, you oh, yeah. I missed this. The one game I missed all year, <laughs> this is what happened. My first Holy War game. <laughs> uh, brutal. Brutal. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. We, we meet up for it later on. Next up for the cast is a game against the Providence Friars. Friar Dom. Huxley the Dalmatian. Chris... What's your opinion? You like Huxley? Da- wow, it's like a tongue twister. Chris, do you like Huxley the Dalmatian? I I don't know who Huxley the Dalmatian is. Dude. Wow, really? You never seen him? No. Do they have another secondary mascot? Yeah. So about a couple of years ago, I want to say it was 2018 when they debuted Huxley the Dalmatian. You should look him up. So basically, they introduced him because Friar Dom was too terrifying for the kids. So kind of oh. like the Blue Blob and the Xavier Musketeer. They were like, all right, we're going to need a family-friendly, kid-friendly mascot that we can show, that we can parade to complement the main mascot. So kind of like how the Blue Blob was born from mm-hmm. kids being scared of the Musketeer, Huxley was born, <laughs> being born out of um, Friar Dom, which, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I don't sense. even think the Xavier Musketeer is that scary. I didn't even realize. You know, I, I don't think he's scary. Friar Dom, on the other hand, that, that guy, you know, jump scares. Horrible, yeah. horrible. Yes, in the year of our Lord 2020, Friar Dom is still scary. Um, maybe the Xavier Musketeer was scary in an earlier time, just like how the Villanova mascot was absolutely terrifying in the 70s and the 80s. Look I think up. it looks it's hilarious awesome. back then. I don't think it's oh. scary. I think it looks hilarious. Well, well, that's because you probably weren't up and close to it. I, I, I would not be. That would not come within five feet of that thing. But <laughs> I, I'm looking at Huxley right now, and. Uh, I've never, I never knew this, but hey, look, uh, better than Friar Dom. And even though the bar is low, I, I would <laughs> over Friar Dom. He seems nice and adorable. Very family friendly. Uh, yeah, Huxley is very family friendly. He does come out for the Big East tournament. So that's how I knew it was a thing. I remember asking Kim Adams. I was like, whoa, who's that? She's like, you don't know Huxley the Dalmatian? I'm like, okay, first of all, what kind of name is Huxley? Second of all, <laughs> Since when? Third of all, what happened to Friar Dom? And then as I said, what happened to Friar Dom? Friar Dom came out of the corner, and I was like, oh, of course, just like a ghost. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. 
he, it's, he's like Beetlejuice. You say his name three times and he just shows up. <laughs> I just want to know, when they designed Fire Dom, why? Dude looked at that and was like, this is definitely how we want to portray our school. I mean, on paper, it's not a bad idea. No, yeah, like, you should have definitely had, yeah, it's like you're the proudest friar. It's like, yeah, it's a, you're a friar dumb. But, right. like, the, this the is not cute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not cute. Bad. Not cute. Do the Padres, San Diego Padres have a mask on? They, they should just model. They should just do what they did. <laughs> what w- they would did. you rather they change friar dumb to, like, an actual person? For example, you know how the Notre Dame Fighting Irish—they actually have like a guy dress up. Um, no, I, I think that only works with them. And the like the Westford, what? Oh yeah, and the and the Mountaineer, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna say West Virginia. The Padres apparently do have a mascot, and uh, he's a friar. Oh wow! He, much, wow! I never knew about this. Better than Friar Dog. He's actually kind of hilarious looking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked him up. Yeah, no, he's definitely hilarious looking. I don't. Yeah, he's definitely not as scary. See, this is what they should have been going for. This is this yeah. looks hilarious. Um, I don't think he yeah, looks cute. It just looks. It just looks stupid funny. Like it looks it, so funny. It does. He looks like a three stooge. Yeah, he does. So uh, do that, Providence. It, the, the games are not won by the mascot. Eugene. They're won by the encore performance. No, they're not. They're not. So. <laughs> Let's let's get to business because Friar Dom is not going to be shooting up. Friar Dom is not going to be putting on his shooting yeah. sleeve and shooting, and neither will be Huxley the Dalmatian. So let's take a look at what Ed Cooley has in store here. Let's take a look at the Providence Friars. Villanova beat them earlier in the year in a pretty close road game. I mean, no game's ever easy at the dunk, but Villanova was able to gut one out 64-60 to back in late January. Now the Cats are getting ready to host the Providence Friars. It's going to be at home. It's going to be at the Wells Fargo Center. And it's going to be this Saturday. The Friars, they're entering 16-12. and 12. Last time out, Brendan asked us a question uh, if whether or not we thought this would be a trap game. A trap. For the most part, we didn't really think it was. But we can't deny that Providence is coming in on a hot three-game winning streak. They beat Seton Hall. They beat Marquette. Two ranked teams. Granted, they were both at home. But right now, if you told me that Providence was going to do that, especially after that rocky start that they had in Biggie's play, I wouldn't have believed you, but Ed Cooley's done this before. The Providence Friars have done this before, where they start heating up in February. They start stringing together some wins. All of a sudden, they go from mediocre average to a very solid team, climbing up the ladder a little bit, getting close to that top three. I think they're right outside at number four right now. So we can't, you know, we can't deny Providence is, has improved. Those three wins are nice. Yeah, you know, they had a little bit of a rough stretch in non-con play and in the beginning of Big East play. But right now, you got to give it to them. You got to give it to them. Yeah, they're being a real big pain in the butt for a lot of the top echelon teams in the Big East right now. Like you said, they just beat Hall and Marquette uh, in this past week. And also throwing a win against Georgetown. They beat Creighton as well in the beginning of uh, February. They also beat Butler at Butler. On February 1st, they actually swept Marquette. They beat Marquette at Marquette in a crazy overtime game. The thing is, though, with them, then they'll go out and lose to, like, Xavier and St. John's. Like, it's they're a very weird team in that sense. Like, they'll go and compete against the top teams. Against Villanova last time was a four-point game. At Creighton, at the beginning of January, that was a four-point loss. They even gave Hall a game at Hall. So it looks like they show up for the big-time games. It's just against the lower-end teams. They're not as uh, dominant. But they are not a team to be taken lightly. And like you said, they are locked into that four spot right now. And barring like some crazy stretch by Marquette or Butler, I think Providence is going to hang on to that spot. So that that's pretty wild. Weren't they predicted like bottom three Big East in the big preseason? 
So to see them at number four and possibly hold on to that spot is pretty nuts. They, they are not a team to be taken lightly, as I said. They can really come out and, and scare you, and that's it, the, the job that Cooley does, man. He's really good at this type of stuff. I think he's really good at getting his team in order closer to the postseason or around this time of year. I remember a couple of years ago, they went from seventh to top four going on a similar streak like this. They ended up winning, they ended up winning their last seven games which was very impressive, and they took a, a top-five seed for the Big East tournament. They came in hot. I mean, you remember in 2018 when they got hot and they started upsetting teams left and right all the way to the finals, gave Villanova their hardest postseason game during that national championship run. So this is about on time, on schedule as to when they start heating up. But like you said, Chris, they are very inconsistent. Losing to St. John's by 11 is very strange. Getting beaten by... Penn, getting beaten by Long Beach State, getting beaten by Charleston. Very strange. But as we all know, there's something about Providence and Villanova. There's something about the Friars and whatever Ed Cooley's on the other side, coaching things up. He just seems to give Villanova a hard time. Granted, we're at home, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. If this was a Big East tournament, I'd be scared. I'd be terrified. We know who other guys to watch out for. Nate Watson, last time out, he had 18 points, absolutely bullied the Cats inside. He had six offensive rebounds, a lot of putback chances, really kept Jeremiah Robinson Earl in check. David Duke, he's starting to look like he's living up to the billing. He's living up to the hype. He's finally finding his role as one of the top guys on this team, looking like the five-star recruit that they expected him to be. He's doing a little bit of everything. He can score. He could grab rebounds. He can assist a little bit, plays tough defense. He can shoot. He can score inside. He's been great so far. Lou Wayne Pipkins, they need a point guard. He's that transfer that came in so far. He's doing a pretty good job, just averaging under 10 points a game. But Alpha Diallo, that's going to be the guy to watch out for because although he's a top scorer, yeah, he did nothing. He did nothing last time out. In fact, Ed Cooley was like, all right, you are being useless right now. We're going to bench you. Yeah, he only played 14 minutes. Who would have (laughs) thought? Their best player getting benched and Probably their premier game up until that point, a top 10 opponent coming into Providence. That, that's, that was bad. Yeah, they were better without him. The guy was turning the ball over, didn't hit a single shot, was no. fouling all the time. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. And to your point with the Watson, for those who don't remember, this was the game where Providence went 3 of 23 from beyond the arc and they couldn't hit an outside shot to save their lives. So it, it felt like if they just kept feeding Watson, they probably could have won that game. So it would be interesting to see if they're able to adjust this time and maybe feed him and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, he was really beating us up inside. It was one of those frustrating games where Nova just couldn't box him out. Six of his nine rebounds were on the offensive glass. Ouch. Can't let that happen. Too much, too much, too much. No, way too much. I mean, I know you said Jerry was kind of held in check. He did drop 17, but on the boards, though. Yeah, on the was, boards. Yeah, he was not himself. He was not no. himself on the boards. Not at all. And didn't isn't this the game that Jermaine kind of got hurt too? Am I correct in that? Yeah, the he, yeah the foot. Yeah. So he and he didn't grab any boards. And so I feel like that that will hopefully help keep Watson in check if since Jermaine's at full strength now. Yeah, because we all know there's someone who you need to get a board from screaming in like a missile from the three point line or from the perimeter or from wherever on the court. It's Jermaine Samuels. It's, it's that man. He's had it since. He, Pretty much, it looks like he'd been born with it, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even his yeah. freshman year, it's like, wow, Jermaine, you grabbed that rebound. <laughs> <laughs> that was who? <laughs> Did you check the number, and it's like, oh, wow. Why doesn't he have this confidence when it comes to shooting? 
<laughs> and then um, it finally and then it finally came with him and it's like wow this is the now. complete package right here yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah top glue guy shout out to fred rump yeah he is a glue guy so chris what's your prediction for this game right now ken palm is listing villanova as a 77 percent favorite mm-hmm. he says that they should win by eight i'm feeling more honestly i'm feeling 15 this is a team that doesn't really score all that well. They play great defense, and I'll give Providence that. That's usually been their MO. They'll play tough. They'll play scrappy. They're going to fight on the boards. They're great at generating turnovers. But when it comes to scoring, when it comes to offense, if Alpha Diallo isn't going or if David Duke isn't getting himself going, it's a little tough for them. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I don't know about – I think they'll win. I don't think it'll be by 15. I'd say, I'd say I'm, I'll agree with Ken Palm. I'd say eight points is a nice little margin. As we were talking about on last episode, I do think it's a trap game, but more so in name only than I actually think what will actually be the outcome. But I think they'll be fine. It's at home. It shouldn't be a problem. No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. The game is set to tip off on Saturday at 12 noon, little Saturday matinee. If you're not going to be there, you can catch it on Fox. Uh, a big boy game this week. Yeah, big boy game. Big boy game. Big boy uh, network, big boy game. Looking forward to it. Last home game in PA, so you gotta gotta get the people there. Usually, this would be that time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop over in the mailbag, and answer questions that you guys have for us. But fortunately, we have to keep the mailbox closed today. Got a meeting to run to. Try. I know, I know, duty calls. But before we get off, before we shut off, I want to ask Chris. Uh, you know, Ash Wednesday was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Get your ashes, and also. What are we giving up? Of course, I got my ashes like the good Catholic boy I am. Got them after work. What did I give up this year? All right, so I'm doing this thing where I'm going on a diet, but I'm kind of guising it under the uh, Catholic <laughs> Lenten season, so I will be less tempted to break it. So I'm giving up giving up sweets, obviously. That's always the big thing. Yeah, it's uh, a, yeah it's, that's kind of like a level one, like yeah. what to give up. Yeah, that's that's like yeah stereotypical thing. Then also pretzels, which are my – also, my biggest, I don't know, vice in terms of snacks and uh, fried foods. Just because I don't really have that much, but just just on the off chance. And also, oh boy, also no cutlets, up, no more cutlets. No, I know, I know. It's it's going to be grilled chicken from here on out, which I'm perfectly fine with. Just give me some hot sauce, and it'll be okay. And uh, also giving up alcohol. So, oh baby, oh baby, wow, wow, you really <laughs> piled it all on. Yeah. So uh, do a little bit of a cleanse. And uh, we'll figure it out from there. What about you? You have to get off something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I was considering not eating out for 40 days, but I thought about that. And I was like, all right, that, that might just be impossible. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, like, I got a trip to Albany this weekend for work, and I'm, and I'm going to have to eat out. <laughs> like, there's no way. <laughs> and then just, like, logistically, uh, a lot of nights on the road or a lot of, a lot of work on the road and – I can't eat out. Like, it's not gonna. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think I could pack lunches forever, especially you know on these two day, three day trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not doing that. But my friends and I, we are going to start up a swear jar. We're gonna do it electronically via Venmo, and we're just gonna have to do it on our system for every swear word, for every uh, potty mouth word. I think. Well, we didn't. We didn't come up with like an official list, but honor uh, mm-hmm. honor system. Um, we're going to donate to this Venmo account. And then with all that, once all at the end of Lent, we will take all the funds and donate it to a charity. So that's what oh, we're that's, doing. Oh, that's, that's cool. Can I get in on that? I need to stop swearing. I'm very bad. Yeah. So yeah, it became one of those things where 
worshiping kind of ramping up and i noticed i'm just sitting there thinking oh my god i'm just slipping it like a little too much i need to i need to calm down here i need to calm down yeah so um so that's that's where i'm at uh i'm also gonna get not i'm also gonna give up sweets but i haven't really been eating that alcohol i don't know chris it's that's tough but that's the point of lent the point of lent is for it to not be easy Right, exactly. And that's why we do these things. The swearing thing would probably be harder than the alcohol thing for me, to be honest. But Chris, what are you going to do when it's March Madness and you need adult beverages? I'll, I'll drink some water and say it's vodka for everyone around. So. You know, I hope you, you're not one of those lame people. I remember at Villanova, there, was, there were a couple people. I don't even know if this is a rule. I don't even think this is real. I think it was just something that they made up. But apparently on Sundays, it could be a cheat day. But I feel like that defeats the whole purpose. I think that's like, all right, so my grandparents actually kept saying that like last year to me they're like oh why is like why can't you just have dessert like it's a sunday like whatever and i'm like no that's just not a thing apparently i don't know it might have been a thing back in the day i, I think that's why people are saying that but yeah, that's, that's also that's a cop out that's a big yeah, time that, cop out. oh yeah 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 it's a cop out and also i don't know isn't sunday the holy day like <laughs> can't, yeah. can't be cheating <laughs> on your holy day right exactly <laughs> so yeah it makes no sense to me hopefully we uh follow through but I, I want it on that swear jar thing. I'll send you the info. I'll send you the info. All right, cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. Back at it on Tuesday. If you haven't already, please subscribe on the pod. I have for you hoops or at State of the Nova Nation. You should be able to find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. You got many, many options. Please check back at the site. Check back. Check often. Follow VU Hoops on social media at VU Hoops. That's good for Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And I'm Chris Stanziel. I got nothing. Follow Eugene. Follow the pod. Follow VU Hoops. Nova Nation, happy Lent. Have a good weekend. Let's get a win on Saturday. Let's beat those Friars. Let's beat Fire Dom. Let's beat Huxley the Dalmatian. Let's beat them all. And let's keep on rolling. Have a good one.